Broadcasting live from the Wellness Wonderland, you're listening to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I'm Katie, and each week I chat with the most inspirational people on the planet on how to stay inspired in all areas of life. As you listen, feel free to tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, or use the hashtag Wellness Wonderland. I'd love to hear your aha moments. So grab your headphones and listen on the go, or cuddle up with a notebook as we dive in deep with authentic conversations right here in Wonderland. Welcome back, everyone, to Wonderland. I'm super happy to be back with you, and thank you guys so much for being cool about the podcast being more like every other week, just for a little while, until I have a bit more time on my hands to produce the episode. So, like I said, welcome back this week. It's going to be an awesome bonus episode for you this week. So it's going to be different than the usual. It's a follow-up from last week's episode with Isabel Fox and Duke. And before we get into some additional insights from that chat, I thought that you and I would just hang out for a little bit, just you and me. How does that sound? How do you feel about that? Hopefully you're cool with it. We don't hang out too much, just you and me, without a guest in Wonderland, but I hope it's not too awkward, us hanging out alone, but nah, we're friends. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So today we are talking about food and our relationship to food and our relationship to our bodies and our body image. And again, we're going deep, even deeper than we did last time in this Second part to that interview with Isabella Fox and Duke, emotional freedom from food expert, and some really high-level stuff today. So in honor of that, I thought it's about time that I shared with you some of my story around food and body image, because you're probably wondering, why am I so into this work, and why am I actively trying to heal and teach about this work, probably because I had a story about it myself, which I do. And I've been sprinkling that story throughout many of these episodes, and you've gotten little bits and pieces, but I thought I would just take some time to share the floor with Isabel and the first half of this episode really just talk to you about my relationship with food. So basically... Um, my relationship with body image issues and dieting and food fear and fat fear started probably as a child. So I've been doing a lot of work on this in the past few years to really heal this. A lot of reading, a lot of coaching, a lot of therapy, a lot of journaling, and I've come to figure out some things that have really helped me shift this, and so I thought by sharing my story, perhaps you could relate, or perhaps it would just be something that's interesting to you. So I remember um, about nine years old, I decided that I needed to diet as sad as that sounds. So it was First Communion time, and we were all getting First Communion dresses, those little white dresses. Um, And all of my friends, I remember being a size 8 in their dress, and I needed a size 10. And I remember hearing the moms talking about this. Um, And, you know, they, of course, they didn't even realize that I was probably hearing or that it would have an impact on me at all. But I remember from that moment forward, even though it was so not a big deal that I needed a a bigger size than my friends, that inner self, for whatever reason, decided to make me feel different and not good enough because of my size. And from that moment forward, I remember thinking I needed to be smaller, to be enough. I needed to be smaller to fit in. So it's interesting that we pick up, starting in childhood, these beliefs like Velcro, these silly, silly beliefs, and they become part of us and they get even more cemented as we grow up. And for me, that belief of needing to be a certain size, yeah, it started that way, you know, innocently enough, but it was cemented and cemented by the media and by other things and by hearing conversations about 
people wanting to change their body and wanting to look different and and you just pick it up and it becomes a part of you as you move into your teenage years and even into adulthood unless you decide to examine that and heal it. So that's what I'm doing now and I've been on a journey for doing that the past several years and this general feeling of not being good enough plagued me throughout grade school, well into high school, and then it really, really peaked in college when it transitioned into a pretty nasty eating disorder. So I was severely underweight, developing anorexia brought me to heal these underlying issues of, again, not feeling good enough because of my body. So while my family and friends thought that I needed to heal my physical body, which I did, I needed to gain weight, and I did, but what I really needed to fix was these underlying causes, which were mental, right? These underlying causes were these thought patterns that couldn't just be healed by normalizing my weight, right? If I just did that, it wouldn't fix it all. There were mental things that needed to be healed And healing just the physical would have been like putting a Band-Aid on a gaping head wound, right? So I found spirituality and meditation and a woman named Gabrielle Bernstein came into my life and the work of Louise Hay came into my life and therefore tons of Hay House authors and coaches and mentors and therapists and my journal became my best friend and Through all of that work, I was able to shift my paradigms and my thinking one day at a time. And for some people, it's not food, right? For some people, they turn to alcohol or they turn to a relationship or they turn to, you know, their drug of choice, TV, whatever it is, work, right? Yeah. And for me, I turn to either denying myself food or controlling my food in a very orthorexic way or I turn to food in a comforting way, right? So like Isabel speaks about, and she'll speak about this more today in this episode, coping mechanisms are okay, but eventually you want to target the actual underlying issue, which for me, again, was not feeling good enough, right? Not feeling accepted as I was. So through that, um, like I said, these mentors came into my life, including Gabby and a bunch of authors. And, and then again, today, the, the woman on the show, Isabel Fox and Duke, came into my life and really showed me that my longtime diet mindset was something that could potentially plague my entire life if I didn't heal it and reset my brain out of orthorexia and into a place where I could enjoy food, find pleasure in food, but not in an obsessive way, right? She taught me and continues to teach me through the work she's doing now to stop Googling high vibe recipes and blogs and just live my life, right? What I realized through Isabel is that it's not about the food. Like, it's not about the food. It's not about what size I am or how fit I am or how healthy I am. It's about my life, right? There's a great Huffington Post article that says, your body is not your masterpiece, your life is. I'm going to repeat that because it's that good. Your body is not your masterpiece. Your life is. It's so easy to sit controlling your food, Googling recipes, making up meal plans, spending hours obsessively exercising, and that's great. But then what do you have after that? You just have the body. You're just you with the food in your room with the body. So why don't you just spend all that time living your life, right? So To be honest with you, I still struggle with body dysmorphia from time to time. I still have these thoughts come in from time to time. But it's night and day where I was two years ago even to where I am now. Night and day. And I'm ready to let go once and for all of all of those negative behaviors, all of those negative thoughts that still creep up, like I said, from time to time. So I signed up for 
Isabel's masterclass as a participant. And I originally was just promoting it as an affiliate because I love her and would endorse anything that she sells. But something changed. I realized I needed it myself. I realized I've come a long way and I coach girls on my method now. I coach girls on getting to where I am and to fixing this relationship and finding a spiritual relationship of their own understanding. And many of these girls have the same issues that I do because I attract people who are mirrors to me. But I decided that doing masterclass and healing any lingering body image stuff that I do have would be great and would be really, really awesome and radical for me. So that's what I'm doing. And this will allow me to speak about the program from my personal experience. And so, yeah, so I gathered up my money. I purchased a spot in Isabel Fox and Duke's coaching program to stop fighting food and continue my self-discovery and my education. So, yeah, basically that's it. That's what I'm doing. And, yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot about my story. So hopefully you either could relate to that Maybe that resonated with you, maybe not, but I'd love to know. And with that, who's down to join me? Who's down to do Isabel's masterclass with me? Who's ready to invest in yourself? I'm really glad that I made the investment and I spent my money on it because it's like, you know, if I would have gotten it for free or if I would have just like, it would have, you know, fallen into my lap, I don't know if I would have put the time into it to actually go deep, right? So, yeah, I'd love if you would join me. If you're down, let me know. Are you ready to invest in yourself like I am? So watch your free videos. The link will be in the show notes for this episode. It's in the show notes for the last episode. Um, But yeah, you can find it and basically click through my website. There's a banner on the left side of my website where you can go and watch your free videos and sign up for masterclass. But Without further ado, I'll let you listen to Isabel and I jam a little bit more, but email me if you have any questions about the program and if it's right for you because I know it very well and I know her work very well. I've been working with Isabel for years, so I know the program very well. So my email is just my name at gmail.com, katydalebout at gmail.com. Send me an email, say hi, tweet at me if this resonated with you. And before we get into it, one last announcement, super quick. Um, Do you want to support the show? Yeah. If you like the show, the best way to support it, honestly, is just to tell a friend. If you know someone who struggles with food, emotional eating, binge eating, body image, disordered eating, someone who just needs a little positivity in their life, send them the podcast, specifically this episode. And... Just let them know that you liked it and send it to them. Yeah. And another way to support the show, I say this every week, but you guys know those reviews on iTunes, man, I love them. They're just so great. And they're even better because they bring more peeps to the show. And that's super duper awesome. I'm really appreciative of it. So grateful. And like I said last week, you know, the more people we get listening, The more people who follow this, the better the world is, right? If you really want to look at it like that, which I do. So thank you guys for letting me get real on today's episode and authentically share my story as I did today. Vulnerable, raw, here I am. So tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, if you liked this really authentic episode. And maybe I'll chat with you one-on-one more this season if you're into that. I don't know. Let me know. All right, peace, love, wellness, wonderland. Enjoy, Isabel, and I will talk to you on the other side. Welcome back, everybody. I'm super excited about this little nugget of wisdom session I've got here because I have, I was going to say one of the most authentic people I know, but probably the most authentic person I know and definitely the most authentic person on the internet today. And she has been in Wellness Wonderland a bunch of times before, so I'm so glad she's back. Isabel Fox and Duke is here, and if you don't know her, you probably do, but if you don't, she is the world's leading emotional freedom from food expert, and she regularly appears on the Huffington Post and a billion other really cool 
groovy places. Um, but actually, she told me once that one of her favorite places to be interviewed is right here in Wonderland because I am so familiar and in love with the work and consider myself a connoisseur of her message. Honestly, that's why I'm constantly sharing it. So um, today's video is super special. It's a little bit different than um, our other interviews. I want to keep it really topical and, and go really deep into one area. And then we're going to be unveiling something really, really special that has been in the works for over a couple of years now, Isabel, right? Like over a year for sure. And I'm really, really excited to to talk to you about all this stuff. So thank you so much for having a conversation with me today. Oh my gosh. It is always such a pleasure. You are absolutely right. You are one of my favorite interviewers because you understand what I'm saying so well. And this is not, this is not light shit. You know, like this is, this is, um, you know, heavy, complex, you know, this is a complicated topic. We're talking about women's bodies. We're talking about our relationship with food. There is no easy answer here. This is, um, you know, this is really, you know, something that, that takes a little while to master and, and, and you have been studying and know this so well. So it's just such a pleasure to, to be able to chat with you about it. Cause we can like really get into the deep yeah, stuff. Yeah. And I mean, the, the thing here is it's like, this is live or die. We're not being dramatic, but it's like, live your life or sh- shred, you know, yeah. it's like hide. It's like live your life or hide. Right. And yeah. if you're crazy around food or your body, you are scanning menus or staying in because you feel fat or like if you have any of those feelings, like keep listening mm-hmm. and it's it can really transform your life. You know, I've done the work on myself. Isabel's done the work on herself and it's it's and it's also not easy. And I encourage people if they aren't super familiar with Isabel's work to jump back and list if they want to know more about her specific story because we're not going to get into Isabel's story and how she came to this work today. But if you want to get to that, you can listen to my first podcast with her, which I will link below. And we go really in deep to her story because she has lived this and she has completely altered her life because she was right in the thick of it with us. So that's really inspiring, I think, for people to look to someone who's been through it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So let's do this. Yeah. So the, the the topic that I really wanted to discuss today is is the fear of fat and the the fear of either staying fat or getting fat or being fat. Like, why is that such an issue? And how do you help people shift that radical radical thought? Yeah. So. Um... You know, it's a huge, huge, big question with a lot of different implications, and I can yeah. take this a lot of different ways, obviously. But ultimately, I mean, like we have this is a this is a cultural obsession. You know, like a lot of people think about like food and body image issues as a problem to the individual, right? Like you either struggle or you don't, and that's actually not true at all. Like pretty much all women across the boards are grappling with their relationship with their bodies and their relationship with food, because it's something we are taught from a very, very young age on. And it kind of becomes when we start, you know, when women come to me, it's only because they're sort of at a point where they are realizing and really truly understand like, wow, like this obsession with food and weight, this uh, is, is dramatic, is, is really hurting my quality of life. So they have to Uh, be ready. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, like ultimately, like, no one's going to sit down and like really have a conversation about whether or not they are, you know, willing to think against the grain. Like no one does anything quote unquote radical or alternative. No one thinks outside of sort of mainstream cultural construct unless the mainstream cultural construct has done them wrong, you know, and has hurt them in some way. There's no incentive. There's no reason for somebody, for most people, I'll say most people, there are some people who are, who are more, um, apt to like be a little rebellious and sort of think outside of the box on their own. But for the vast majority of people, we don't like to be challenged. We don't like to think outside the box. We don't like to um, kind of question mainstream cultural constructs unless we feel like we, in, unless we feel like we're being pushed up against the wall and, and that cultural construct is really hurting us, um, which 
more and more women are starting to feel and come to me to learn about because as sort of the the national, cultural, and even global obsession with weight and food is becoming greater and greater and greater and more heightened. Yeah, like it's just getting, this problem is getting bigger and badder every single day. Mm -hmm. And as that's happening, more and more women are like falling to their knees being like, I can't take this anymore. Yeah. And that's really the point that most women come to me. Like most women end up coming to me and are willing to to really challenge their beliefs and really think about food and weight in a new way when they realize like wow, like this like diet, you know, mentality, controlling and manipulating our bodies, being at war with our bodies is not helping me. It's not serving me. I'm really being hurt by this. Like I can't stand this anymore. Yeah. That's when that's when women come to me, and I think that there is definitely, you know, if a woman who who was sort of like, you know, well, you know, sometimes I wouldn't mind losing five pounds, but you know, like it's not really something that's affecting me so much. They're not super incentivized to like come have a really serious conversation with me about like getting over the shit once yeah. and for all. Um, so, but a woman who is really in touch with how the body wars are affecting her and diminishing mentally. her quality of life. Yeah. 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 Mentally, spiritually, emotionally, like, and, and just as far as like what we do, like you said before, like, you know, there comes a point where we get so like uh, wrapped up in this food and weight bullshit that like we stop living our lives fully, you know, we put our lives on hold, you know, like I will, I'll start dating once I lose five pounds or, you know, I'll, I'll start my blog when I'm thin enough to have pictures of myself on the internet. You know, like we really hold so many women, myself included for years, really truly are like waiting on the weight as, you know, one of my colleagues, Sarah Jenks calls it. Um, and you know, it is, uh, it's an epidemic and it's a shame. And I think that there comes a women where there comes a point where, Many women, they don't know how to break out of it. They don't know how to literally step out of the cycle. They feel very trapped in it. Like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do other than stay obsessed with food and weight? Like, I don't know how to not be obsessed with food and weight all the time. And that's, and that's where I come in, right? Like, yeah. okay, I'm going to share with you another perspective. It's different. It's radical. It's new. It's alternative. It's going to challenge you. It's going to scare the shit out of yeah. you. But ultimately, like, there is another way. Like, you can escape this noise. And that's, that's sort of, you know, what I bring to the table. Yeah. Something that was really interesting, and I was recently talking to a friend about this, I think yesterday, about how I think a lot of people in my generation, and, and speaking to, you know, the, the primary audience here, um, of people who were younger and got right into health and wellness and high vibe foods and really like got into this very quickly and it, you know it can very quickly spiral into a very unhealthy relationship with food and so they acknowledge that great but then on the other end of the coin and myself included what i really had to relearn with myself was how to a become a normal eater and feed myself i had to learn how to feed myself which i primarily learned from you and also how to have pleasure in my life and that Food is, yes, nourishment, but it's also pleasure, and that's such a big part of food and connection. There's so many other things, but, like, as a person of of this generation who is into and got into this, the the health and wellness or whatever that even means, world Mm -hmm. very, very young in a very unhealthy way, really, um, I'm having to relearn as an adult how to feed myself in a normal way, in a healthy way, and in a way that there's my, my food isn't devoid of pleasure because for so long, honestly, since I was a kid, I was devoiding food of pleasure and whether it was, you know, in a healthy way or in a, in a restricting way, but I wasn't doing it normally. So mm-hmm. if you could talk a little bit about how you go deeper into helping people be more normal around food, incorporate pleasure, and what are some, you know, tips for people to take away from even just this conversation that they can start using? Yeah, totally. I mean, it's interesting because as you're talking, you know, one of my favorite analogies and comparisons that I bring to this is like, there is this new myth in the U.S. and, you know, increasingly globally, wherein we are supposed to think of food righteously as fuel and nothing else, right? Like, 
food is 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 like gasoline in our bodies like the it's like gasoline like is to a car as food is to mm-hmm. our bodies right like we are like like we are con- it's almost like we're treating our bodies like these like mechanical structures with food like manipulate like perform like it's all about uh it's very perfectionistic obviously and it's it's it it is really on some basic level kind of devoid of any spirituality around food and 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 really devoid of pleasure for sure yeah I mean if you think about it like thinking about food like you know using food as only for fuel and like and reaching for food as as something to be used only for fuel physical fuel for our bodies is kind of like saying like sex is only for reproduction. Like right. We should only be enjoying, we shouldn't be enjoying sex at all. We should just be like getting in there, getting the baby made and pulling out and be done, you know? And, you know, that, I mean, it's really true. Like food it's and a great sex. analogy. Yeah. It's true. It's like food and sex are the two things it's that animals. It's pleasure. Yeah. And it's like really, they're really the two things that animals, all animals, mammals need to seek out for survival And they are designed to be pleasure. Like they are designed for pleasure. They're designed to be pleasurable. They're designed, we are, we are made to have a relationship with food that is enjoyable and that, um, God did that that on purpose. Yes. God (laughs) did that on purpose. God did that on purpose so that we don't starve to death and, or never have babies and, and, and the population dies out, you know? So, you know, I think of like, Smart. You know, the relation, our relationship with food and our relationship with sex are actually meant to be like pretty similar in the sense of like, they're supposed to, to fuel us in on many different levels. They're supposed to nourish us on many different levels, not just physically. Like we're supposed to have a really enjoyable, free relationship with these things. And, um, in trying to control, right? Like control is a big topic. I'm sure, I think we've probably talked about this on, on other episodes, mm-hmm. you know, control is sort of like a big, that's sort of like a main theme of yeah. mine. It's like the more we try to control, right? Either sex or food, the more we try to be like rigid and create rules, right? Like women always try to create rules around dating and this is when I should have sex and this is when I should. And it's the same shit. It doesn't work. Yeah. It takes and us out of tendency. connection. That's what it's our tendency. Oh, it's for totally a lot of our us. tendency. Most, oh, everyone, it's totally. Right? Yeah, it's totally our tendency because as generally as human, and this is sort of like the great spiritual question, most of us are terrified of uncertainty and terrified of, of being quote unquote out of control, right? Like te- we're terrified of the unknown, right? Like, well, I'm going to, you know, enact all of these rules around men and I'm only going to sleep with them on the third date and blah, 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 blah. And like, you know, all this stuff so that we can try and like, basically like, pretend that we have control over like when we meet our husband right when like in reality that's never going to happen like you know your the healthy healthful relationships are going to happen to you when they're going to happen to you you can't force it right and it's the same way with food it's like the more you try and and you're going to become more and more frustrated right like the more we try to control the uncontrollable the more frustrated we become. And food is no different, right? The more I try to rigidly control my food, the more frustrated I'm going to be because generally speaking, biology always wins, right? Like natural instincts around food always win. There's only so long that I can sit on my hands trying not to eat before I am going to freak out and like either eat everything that isn't nailed down or, you know, whatever, you know, like have some sort of rebellious behavior. And then of course the shame and the guilt just propels that even more. So, you know, there is, um, you know, I would say like, generally speaking, you know, this, as we as a culture are devoiding food from pleasure more and more, we are finding ourselves in the very similar situation to the way we into the situation we found when we, when, when sex was a moralistic issue, not that sex isn't still a moralistic issue, but less so than it was maybe like a hundred years ago mm-hmm. where people are, you know, acting out and people are rebelling and, you know, there's all these sort of unintended consequences of feeling like we can't control ourselves around that behavior. And that it doesn't, it doesn't work. You know, we need to, we need to be able to stay connected to our intuition and, you know, be in the present moment around these things um, in order to, you know, functionally manage them in a way that's healthful and, and appropriate. Yeah. Cause I was gonna, I was actually going to ask you like, 
you know, for a lot of people who have been in this restrictive cycle and way of living for so long and, and then they get out of it and they start, you know, maybe doing the work with you and, and doing this work of, of normal eating and exploring Janine Roth's work or, you know, they start. And mm-hmm. then what I found for myself, at least, um, since to me, my home is in restriction, that I feel better going back to it. Like I feel better for a time being going back to it because it, it, it's so ingrained in me. It's so, it's so home. And then I have to, you have to really deconstruct that and say, okay, look, that's not a healthy way of being, even though that feels better in some sense, because it's familiar, you have to push yourself into that uncertainty. Is that something that you've had people experience? Well, yeah. I mean, dieting is a false sense of control. Yeah. And just to be clear, when I say dieting, that's a loose term, right? Like that's restricting of any kind. Yeah, like trying to control our food. Period. Like trying to like control our food with our minds, as opposed to being connected with and and sticking, you know, listening to our bodies. Right. Um, The when we try to control our food, we usually are triggered into that. For those of us who are are inclined to to obsessive food control we generally are trying to control our food because we are actually trying to control something else in our lives that feels uncertain or feels scary or mm. feels like we're not sure what's going to happen or we feel out of control. Why is that? And really, really ultimately what that means is women generally try to control their weight for the purpose of trying to control something yes. else. Yes. Right. Like yes. when I say control food, ultimately it's that's weight. what that means. Yeah. It's weight. It's totally weight. Right. Like if I, lose five pounds, then I will get the man of my dreams. Then I will have a successful career. Then all of these things that in reality are very uncertain, I can pretend like I can, I'm yeah. in control of them. Right? Like I can play God yeah. through dieting, right? Yeah. Like if I believe that being thin equals getting the man, getting the job, getting the love and respect from my peers, what that means is that a diet then becomes the solution to all uncertainty in life, right? Like the diet becomes the solution to kind of any quote unquote problem we have or yeah. any feeling of out of controlness that we have in any area of our life. So really when we are sort of triggered into trying to control our food and yeah. you know trying to overcome our bodies and manipulate our bodies and control our weight, the only reason anyone does that is because they're trying to control whatever they think weight if effects or impacts. Mm. Um, the problem is, is that the thing that we generally think like, okay, so like when I'm thin, I'll get the man, I'll get the job, I'll get the whatever. But in reality, like you can be as thin as you want to be. That doesn't mean that you're going to get married tomorrow. Like you can be as thin as you could possibly ever be. That doesn't necessarily guarantee you professional success. You know, like it's a, it's a total false sense of control. It's a myth. It's, it's a fake out. Um, so it's it's kind of unfortunate because we find ourselves becoming obsessed with this thing that we think is going to get us a healthy relationship or the right job or, you know, friendships or family respect or whatever. And we start becoming more and more obsessed with dieting as a way to control those things that ultimately, whether we diet or not, whether we're thin or not, are, we generally just can't, we generally just don't have that much control over. Now, what's particularly insidious about this problem is that Generally speaking, even though we can't really control when our husband comes, we can't really control our professional success to, to, you know, to like a really certain and exact point, but we can work on ourselves and, you know, actually take actions to become, you know, a healthier person and be more open to relationships or uh, actually do things like start the blog or like get rolling or go for what we want in our careers, put ourselves out there, give ourselves a chance at, you know, having a healthful career, whatever it is that our ultimate goals are, right? Like thin is not an ultimate goal. Thin is like something we think will get us to an ultimate goal. So every day that we stay obsessed with trying to get thin it's like we're working towards something that isn't necessarily going to get us to our ultimate goal anyway, because that ultimate goal is, is usually not something that's really all that controllable. And it's weight. distracting us from it. Exactly. And it keeps us from actually doing the work that maybe would have an impact on us getting those things, right? Mm. Like 
instead of working on my relationship with my father that may have impacted how I relate to men, I just become obsessed with dieting. Now, whether or not I succeed at dieting is like irrelevant. Like, let's just say I did get down to my perfect weight in quotes, whatever that may be. That still isn't going to change the fact that maybe still I have. There. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So mm. it, it's this, it's like a double whammy. It's yeah. like not only is thin this false sense of control that's never actually going to necessarily get us what we want to get. And those things that we usually want to get are, are often things that we don't have full control over no matter what we do. But we also distract ourselves from moving towards doing the things that we can control yeah. in order to get to those to that sort of ultimate goal that we want, which is usually just love, Preach. respect, freedom. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've heard you say similar things multiple times, but I feel like I just had a huge aha moment and I just really got it. And what I realized for, for me, you know, like I said, I, and a lot of people know my story, but like I've been there and you still don't get the things, you know? So, but that tendency for me to go into restriction when, you know, I'm in a time of transition, like when my other stuff, you know, relationships, whatever, like whenever that gets funky, my tendency is to restrict. And I have to know that like that is going to be a dance for the rest of my life, perhaps. And I, I have to shift out of that. Or I can stay in it, get a hit of it, feel better in a second, but then still have the other shit there. Or I can decide to change. And your work has been the catalyst to, to help me do that. And I know it's going to help a lot of people very quickly. So can you tell people how, if they are ready like me to move into this topic and go deep and go big and, and do this work, like, let's like, let's like preach and like, yeah. what do we, what do they do? How do we do this? What do we do? Um, okay. Where do well, we so sign the, up? the easy answer. Yeah. I was going to say the easy answer. If you really want to just be like directed to some resources right now, um, is, uh, there's a video I'm launching my first video training series, which is like really like That's this our big is, secret. Yeah, this is, this is it. You know, like I am creating a flagship program that literally has, you know, all of this information around sort of how to end the crazy around food cycle. And like, again, for those of you who haven't heard me on wellness wonderland before, I'll just say like what the crazy around food cycle means is really like this obsession with food that could lead to ultimately like excessive restriction, just thinking about food, having food sort of like taking over your life mentally, psychologically, spiritually, just like having a relationship with food that's tense and, and just straining to us and holding us back from obsession. doing all the, yeah, it holds, this is all, it's just obsession yeah. with food that just holds us back from doing everything else in our lives and that enriches our lives. Quickly, I have to, have to plug this question here. One of my favorite questions from Isabel, you probably know what I'm going to say, is if you weren't thinking about food right now or your body, what else would you be thinking of? And that Hell like yeah. really like encompasses this work and I know is powerful. So go on. I had to say that. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. So it's like that. And then also, you know, this feeling of feeling out of control around food, which yes. I think is another big, that's sort of, you know, the main reason people really come to me and find me is that they're, they feel like their relationship with food is like a hamster on a hamster wheel. You know, like I'm constantly thinking about food. I'm constantly trying to, you know, control my food and be careful around food and eat these things and not eat these things. And ultimately, not only am I obsessed with food, like indefinitely, and I'm also seem to be not getting anywhere. It's like the more I try to control my food, the more I feel out of control around food. It's like I'm good one day and then bad the next. And it's just this like constant ongoing war that I have with food. That, that Judgment. Yeah, yeah, judgment and 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 like not and like often and not even getting anywhere, you know, like just feeling like I am spending all of this time trying to achieve a goal and ultimately like I feel like this goal just keeps like backfiring. Like it just I'm like I like end up like knee deep in brownie batter hating myself because of this like thing that I'm trying to achieve so deeply that I become so obsessed. And then I just like, I feel like I'm constantly running around trying to hold myself back from eating brownies until ultimately I eat the whole pan. Um, so, you know, this is really the greater issue is that first of all, I think not enough people are saying this like restriction and overconsumption go together. 
right? And I don't even like the word overconsumption because it's kind of like inherently judgmental, but like, I'll just say like binge eating, let's just, you want a little sneak peek, little sneak preview of something that's in the video training program, if this is helpful to any of you. I have a very specific definition of of the term binge eating. I don't know if I've ever shared this with you before. I'm excited. Okay, good. So there's, there's, ultimately three reasons why anyone puts anything in their mouth ever. And this is something I'm going to talk about in depth in the video training series. But obviously, one is food for fuel. One reason is emotional eating, right? Classically defined, like using food to um, impact our feelings and our voice and distract from our feelings, which, as I said earlier to you before we got started recording, Emotional eating could be emotional restriction or emotional consumption, right? Like using food, whether that be restriction and dieting and trying to control or ultimately like rebelling and, and, and binge eating and, and whatever to also distract from feelings. They're two sides of the same coin. They're the same thing. They come from the same place, right? Like whether you're binging or overly restricting, like it all comes from the same root problem. And that is what I'm trying to solve here. Um, but so binge eating really like the ultimate, you know, cause of binge eating is this feeling of like feeling trapped in a box with food, feeling like you're on the hamster wheel with food and, and constantly feeling the shame and judgment around food that comes from that constantly feeling like a failure, which is like how women are being made to feel around food all the time. I mean, it's crazy. It's like, Again, this is one of my favorite, you know, most important issues that I talk about extensively in the in the master class, which is actually the more advanced program that that people can get into if they like the video training series, which is, you know, this idea of this is a cultural issue that women everywhere are dealing with. And women, instead of seeing this as like a greater social problem where like women are being taught that they need to force and manipulate their bodies into something they're not. They think, oh, it's my fault. I'm a failure, right? Like, I'm doing something wrong. Why can't I get this? Um, so, yeah, so these are, I mean, I'm kind of all over the place right now. I hope you're well, following it, me. Yes, it, it's people judging their worth by what they ate that day or how their pants are fitting or it's right. just crazy. And the work that you're doing, like, something that you really helped me with, I don't know if you remember this, Isabel, but, like, at the very beginning you said, like, get mad about it. Like, use you getting upset that thin privilege is a thing. I felt yeah. it. Yeah. And I felt the opposite. Like, right. get mad that that happened, you know? Yeah. And, like, use that to heal yourself. And that's been the biggest catalyst for me. Yeah, like, it is not your fault. Like, the diet binge cycle is not happening because you there's something wrong with you that you can't control yourself around food like that's not where the diet binge cycle starts you know like the diet binge cycle starts because of a greater cultural social problem that like we as individuals hopefully can extricate ourselves from but ultimately this is not an individual psychological issue to the extent that i would think that many emotional eating coaches in quotes make it seem to be right like you are not broken like this is not something that you were you're not like you weren't born defective Mm -hmm. this is something that you were taught and this is something that's rampant in our society that ideally what I ultimately would love to teach women is the tools to really step out of the cycle extricate themselves from that so that they can finally see food and for what it is which is just food it's just food and that is a very difficult I understand that right now everyone hearing that is being like well it's not just food to me right like I you know really that's the whole problem is that women are being taught that food is a that everything. food is everything. That food is the make or break of their self-esteem. That food their is self-worth. That's the big one. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like women are being it's it's just like a tragedy that that women are taught that their relationship with something really should be based in biological instinct and really should be like very simple and easy needs to be manipulated and controlled and um in order for them to feel like women, like in order for us to really feel like worthwhile human beings. And that ultimately creates a variety of dysfunctional eating patterns, the least of which is binge eating, you know, like binge eating is created by the cycle 
is not just that you are, you know, like, it's not just that, like, there's something wrong with you that you like to eat a lot of food. It's like, no, like, our feeling out of control around food is created by this need to control it to begin with. So powerful. I just, I'm going to be listening to this like multiple, multiple times <laughs> as well as that's how I feel about a lot of your wisdom because it is so radical from the way that everyone from 100% of society thinks. And especially now that it's so trendy to, to be on some sort of diet or putting some sort of label on what you eat. And like, you know, in the big work of the wellness wonderland is to be radically authentic. And that's the, the Isabel diet and the Katie diet and like bio individuality, body diversity exists. And thank God it does because it would be so boring if it didn't. I got that straight from you, but it's so true. And like, it's, yeah. Anyways, I'm just, I'm so psyched about this video series. I'm so psyched that you're doing this and you're bringing more people to the work. And I hope that, you know, this brings a unique group to your work because again, I am so filled up by it, so familiar with it and so grateful for it. So anything else about where people um, can find it and, and how they can get this free video series? We're going to have all the links to this below right on my site. So you can just click there. But um Anything yeah. else you want to say about it, Isabel? Totally. So, yeah. So, I'll just say, you know, for those of you who, like, think I might be onto something, right? <laughs> like, who don't think I'm, like, a total crazy person yeah. right now. Which and is, like, I'm, sometimes... like, so endorsing this thing, right? <laughs> like, sometimes I get blank stares. People are like, what? So, yeah. But, I mean, like, if you, I mean, first of all, I would just say, like, even if what I'm saying feels really radical and feels like, oh, my gosh, like, what is she talking about? Like, I, uh, this is so much. There's so many directions this is going. I will just say really quickly, like... I want to encourage any woman who feels like they are on the hamster wheel with food, right? Like feels like they are sort of like trapped in their relationship with food, like constantly trying to control only to end up feeling completely out of control. Like you can't get this thing with food. Like that kind of feeling of like, what's wrong with me that I can't do this? What's wrong with me that I can't force my body or manipulate my body into being this thing that I think it should be, right? Like if we, any woman who relates to the sentiment of feeling like they just don't get it, go ahead. What were you going to add? No, actually is I just, I I feel like I need to tell a story a little bit about like me finding you because I think it's relevant here. So I found you, uh, you guest posted on Robin Euclid, who we love, a health coach, um, go Robin. But um, I, you wrote this guest post on there and while it was very good and I, thought like, yeah, this girl's onto something. I never heard of her before. I remember thinking like, okay, that's great, but I'm not ready to give up my restriction. I'm not like, this is like, I don't, I want, like, she's right, but I don't want to know. Like, that's how I felt. But there was some inkling in me that was like, okay, even though it's too much for me, I'm going to explore her work more because I know I need it. But I was so, like, it it was scary. And I want to say that to people listening because even if they are a little bit scared, like, yeah, but I'm going to just stick to vegan. And like, this girl's great, but like, I'm not just, just try it, just listen and then kind of see, because that, that's what I had to do. So I wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, totally. Like check it out. Like that's why there's a free video training series, right? Like, yeah, like take a peek, you know, and we're going to talk, I mean, like, you know, ultimately I really do feel like most women who are dealing with restriction are also dealing with sort of quote unquote emotional eating and quote unquote binge eating and which are ultimately reactions to restriction, both of which are ultimately reactions to restriction on some level, um, which I could get into a whole nother, whole nother podcast about why that is. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, this is like a cycle, right? It's a constant back and forth. It's on, I'm either on the wagon or I'm off the wagon. This, it's the food noise is constantly going on in my head, whether that be quote unquote overeating, which is a word that I don't love either, but for the sake of, you know, clarity, I'll use it or restricting, you know, they come from the same place. They all come from the sort of like obsession with trying to work against our bodies rather with our bodies. Yeah rather than with our bodies. So if this is sort of something that you like somewhere you feel like, okay, yeah, I realize that like I am trying to control my body and I'm realizing that like this isn't 
this doesn't work for me. Like it feels really good to pretend I'm in control. Like I feel like God for about five minutes when I get really in good control with food or like, you know, feel like I'm having a good day or whatever, but ultimately like this is backfiring for me. Like this is not how I, I can't live my life constantly in this cycle of on and off the wagon for the rest of my life. Like I can't live in the cycle of constantly feeling like I'm either God around food or I'm like, going to hell around food, um, then just like take, you know, two minutes, two and a half minutes, check out the trailer for the video training series. I think there should be a link in the notes. Yeah. There's going to be a link. The trailer, if you, I have a bunch of people who also relate to this in the trailer. Like if the trailer resonates with you, like you're going to know if this is something that you need or if this is something that's for you, watch the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, the trailer does a pretty good job of, like, getting to the core. You're going to know if you watch the trailer if this is something that you want to learn about and something that you need. Um, yes. And then, of course, you can, you know, sign and sign up for the free videos. You know, free videos just, like, gives you, like, it's like three five-minute videos, really easy, really basic, really digestible information about, like, the basics of what this problem is and how to get out of it. And then ultimately, you know, if you want to go even further than that and really like master this and be like, okay, I am ready to stop feeling like a crazy person around food. Like I am ready to get over the shit once and for all. Like I do not want to live my life constantly Googling paleo recipes instead of like planning my next vacation, yeah. or, like going out with my friends or like, you know, starting that blog or like getting that job or whatever, yes. you know, like doing what you really were put on this planet to Passion. do. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like seriously, like if you've had any inkling that your relationship with food is holding you back from like going out there and, and doing what you were, you were meant to do, you know, sign up for the video training series and ultimately you can, you can do this, this, uh, the masterclass. The masterclass is really like, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm down with what you're doing, Isabel. I get you. I feel like this is something I need. And now I want to go deeper and further and like, I'm ready to conquer this once and for all. So there'll be tons of information about the masterclass, but you know, for starters, like start with that video training series. Like that is where this all, you know, that's, that's, that's the beginning. That's step number one. So the link for that will be below. Okay. Listen, peeps. I mean, I, if I'm not a testimonial enough for, for this woman's work, I don't know where you've been for the last half an hour. We said we were going to keep this 15 minutes, but we can just like riff all day because I'm so passionate about it. But basically check it out. If you have any questions about it, put a comment below and I will personally get back to you. And if I don't know the answer, I'll talk to Isabel or shoot me an email. I'll have my email below and ask me about it because like I said, I'm, I'm pretty well versed in this work. And if I don't know the answer, I'll talk to Isabel myself. So sign up below. Thank you for being here, Isabel. And thank you everyone for taking the time to listen to this free training because this was a free time with Isabel and her knowledge and her wisdom as well. So pat yourself on the back just for that. And this was really deep work. So good job. Thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end. I'll be back next week, but until then, let's stay inspired and keep this conversation going. So tweet at me at Katie Dalebout and our guest with your aha moments from this conversation and like the wellness wonderland on Facebook. So we can all hang out there and discuss how inspired we are and how we'll apply it in our daily lives. And never miss another episode or post from me by signing up for email updates on thewellnesswonderland.com. See you back in Wonderland.